So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. We're all familiar with that text, I'm sure. It's a... um it's an interesting event that took place. And the, the one question or one statement that Jesus made to the woman, of course, uh, he asked her for water. She recognized that he was a Jew. She saw that right away. But she didn't recognize him. So what I want to talk to you about this morning is not when we talk about if you have known me, I'm not talking, I don't want to talk to you about whether or not she was totally familiar with him, but the fact that she didn't recognize him. She didn't recognize him for who he was. Yes, she knew he was a Jew, because she said, how can you, as a Jew, be asking me for water, and I'm a Samaritan? Okay. The main question that he had here is what is if you had known who you're talking to you could have asked me and I would have given you living water so the point he I'm going to make this morning is if you had known if you had known if you had recognized that this is a question that we all face time and again in our lives And we ask ourselves that question on many different occasions. If I had just known, if you had just known what? If I had just known how this relationship was going to end up, I don't think I would have started it. Right? You get down the road and you you think, you look back and you say, if I had just known, if I had just known, maybe I wouldn't have gotten married. Maybe I, maybe I would not have gone into partnership with someone in a business. Maybe I would not have maybe owned something together with someone. If I had known all these problems that were going to come up, I wouldn't have done that if I had just known. Now, that's what Jesus is saying. If you had just known, all you had to do is ask, I would have given you living water. If I had just known how long this contract was going to run and how much it was going to cost me overall, how tired I would get of it, maybe I would not have signed on the dotted line if I had just known. If I had just known what kind of person my friend was before we got close, maybe I would not have struck up that friendship. But now then, I'm regretting the fact that I did that. If I had just known what I didn't know. If I had just known how long this trip was going to be, maybe I wouldn't have started it. 
I'm going to go cross country in an automobile. Halfway there, I'm thinking, I wish I'd have known it was going to be this grueling for me. Or we start a project at home. If I'd just known how long it was going to take to get this done, maybe I would have done something else. I wouldn't have done that at all. I would have changed my mind. How much work it was going to cause me to complete that project. Now, Jesus' statement could apply succinctly to his own people. Basically, he's talking to a woman at the well of Samaria. But, but, when he came to his own people, they did not recognize him. And the reason they didn't recognize him was that they did not know the scriptures. Do you get it? If I had just known the scriptures, I would have recognized him. Sometimes we take the Old Testament scriptures and we use those as some sort of evidence that this is, this is an inspired book. Well, it's, it's that for sure. But basically, the Old Testament scriptures, the law and the prophets and the Psalms, were written in order to identify an individual who was coming. That was Jesus. So all through the Old Testament, sprinkled here and there, were, were statements made and evidences of who and what he was going to look like. So had they known the scriptures, not just read them, not just been able to quote them, not just been able to look at them. By the way, these people, the Jews, and I'm talking basically about the Jewish nation that Jesus came to, his people, they should have known. If I had just known the scriptures, I could have identified him. Well, you know, there's so many places in the Old Testament. We know he was going to be born at Bethlehem. As a matter of fact, some of the scribes knew that and some of the teachers of the law knew that. And that's when Herod asked, well, where, where's he going to be born? They knew that. They knew it, in a sense. They, they knew the scriptures in, in another sense. They, they were able to read them and go over them time and time again. Every Sabbath day, they gathered together all over the area, Judea and other places, even in, even in those long, long uh, distant places where there was a synagogue. They gathered together and they read the scriptures and they made sure they knew what they were saying. But they did not recognize the one that was being mentioned in the scriptures. They didn't know, basically they didn't know the scriptures. Jesus answered in Matthew twenty-two twenty-nine. He said, you do err when they ask him a question about marriage and divorce and remarriage basically and whether or not you're going to be wed the same person when you go to heaven. They didn't know it. He said, you make a mistake. You don't know the scriptures. You know, that was a sort of a slap in their face. Because they thought they knew the scriptures. But they didn't know. If I'd just known the scriptures, I'd know better than to ask that kind of question, basically. In Mark chapter 12, verse 10, he put it this way. He said, have you not read the scriptures? Can you imagine that? These people read those scriptures every week. And they read them every time they got an opportunity to. And Jesus said, haven't you read the scriptures? The stone which the builders rejected has become the head of the corner. He said again in Matthew 21, verse 42, he said, did you never read in the scriptures? Did you never read? What's going on? 
What's going on? Why didn't they see? In Luke chapter 10, verse 25 and 26, a lawyer came to Jesus, and yet he'd asked him a question. And he tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? You know what Jesus said? He said, what's written in the law? How are you reading? See, this man's asking a question. And Jesus said, haven't you read the scriptures? Don't you read the scriptures? Now, if they had read the scriptures, obviously, and they, they knew a lot of things. They knew, for instance, that he was going to be coming into the Jerusalem riding on the back of a donkey. He knew that. They knew that. They knew that he was going to be born in Bethlehem. They knew a great number of things about Jesus, but they didn't put it together. They didn't read the scriptures and see and recognize. So he could say, if you had known the scriptures, you would have... Now, as a matter of fact, that's exactly what he said. By inspiration in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I'm going to read a statement made by the Apostle Paul, directed at these people. Now, he said, 1 Corinthians 2 at verse 7 and 8, he said, But we speak the wisdom of God in the mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. None of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Wow. It was all there. It was written down. The stone with the builders rejected to become the head of the corner. They should have known that Jesus was the one mentioned in the Old Testament scriptures. As to us, now we're going to take a little, little different turn here. Let's take a little different direction. As to us, we can ask that question in a different, different category, a different, different way to consider it. As responsible adults, we should know that there are consequences to our actions, period. We should know that as adults. As little guys, maybe not. Parents teach us that sometimes, that there are consequences. There are consequences to our actions. If we, when we get to the point that we have to pay the price, are we going to say, if I had known... Is that what we're going to ask? There's going to be an accounting. There's going to be an accounting. Now, I know our society doesn't like to think in those terms. Our young people don't like to think in those terms. Most people don't even want to, want to consider the fact that there are going to be consequences for what decisions, for the decisions we make, and for the deeds that we do. There are going to be consequences. There's going to be an accounting. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 29 and 30 says, In those days they shall say no more. The fathers have eaten a sour grape, and the children's teeth are set on edge. Understand this. As a father, I will be accounted accountable for what I have done as an adult. I will give an account. My son will not account for me, and I will not account for my son or my daughters as they reach the age of accountability. But I will have to give an account. Now, someone, someone's going to jump up and say, I don't believe there's going to be a judgment day. I don't believe in the Bible. I don't believe there's a God, etc., 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 However, 
we do know that society recognizes and always has and always will that there are consequences that must be paid when we create infractions of whatever law there is or whatever law there is not. There are consequences. And there are times when we have to stand up and take an account for what we've done to someone, somewhere, at some time. It may be just that we give an account by the, by the life of dissipation that we live. We die early. There are all sorts of ways that we have to give an account for what we've done and the choices that we've made. It's fallacious to believe that there will, be a, there will not be a reckoning or a consequence for misbehavior. That's not enough to say to someone, oh yeah, you're going to get yours in the day of judgment. Because they may not believe there's a day of judgment. But we have to understand this, that there are laws in society. There are laws of human environment. And when those laws are infracted, when those laws are broken, someone pays the price. And it's generally the one who broke the law. Well, what if we don't know that there's a law? What if we don't know it's wrong for me to be sexually immoral? What if I don't know it's wrong to be speeding? What if I know it's not, not wrong to steal? You see my point? Ignorance is no excuse for the law. Whether we know it or don't know it, we're still accountable. All right. Disregard for how we affect others is no excuse either. I may say, well, I don't care what I do to you, neighbor or no neighbor, it doesn't make any difference to me. My disregard for you does not disarm me, does not make me morally unaccountable. I am accountable for what I've done to you. If I've mistreated you, if I've somehow taken something from you that I shouldn't have, if I've, if I've uh, damaged you in some way, I'm still going to be accountable. You say, well, you know what? The old idea that, uh, that crime doesn't pay, it does pay. It pays the white-collar guy. He, he gets paid. It pays the, the people that are creating mis misdemeanors all around it, and nobody holds them accountable. But there is an accounting somewhere, somewhat, someplace down the line. There's going to be an accounting. And it is socially irresponsible for us to think that that's not going to happen. That will happen. Flouting authorities will ultimately carry heavy damages. Ultimately will. Or you say, well, some people can get away with the crime. You, you never know. You never know what's going to happen. You never know how that's going to happen. But we do know this. If we believe in the word of God, and we believe basically that this is, when, when the Bible talks about accountability, that this is right, this is just, this is justice, whether or not it's exercised now or later, it is right. It is right. And God tells us in his word that he is going to hold us accountable for our deeds and our misdeeds. Now, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2 and 3 says it this way. Start with, your first accountability is to your parents. This text says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. You'll live long if you honor your mother and father. That's accountability to parents who are guiding you. Later on, it's an accountability to authorities 
who are holding us responsible for our actions and our behavior or misbehavior toward our neighbor in society. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13 and 14 says, Submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme, or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. Now, that happens. Children are accountable to their parents and should be. And it also happens that people in society are accountable to those who are over them in government. That happens. There's an accountability. Sometimes the government's good and sometimes it's bad, but there is an accountability. But above and beyond all of that, God is going to hold us accountable when no one else does. Now, see, see if you can get where I'm going. If I had known I had to answer for that, I wouldn't have done it. Get it? If I'd just known that it was wrong to steal, I wouldn't have stole. Well, wake up and grow up. Figure it out. Do you know what's right or do you know what's wrong? You should know what's right or wrong. If you're an adult, you should know what's wrong to take money out of somebody else's pocket. You should, you should know what's wrong to break out somebody's uh, window with a brick. You should know what's wrong to set fire to your neighbor's field. You should know these things. You just ought to know. You ought to grow up, you acknowledge that, and recognize I am a human being and I am responsible for my actions and I ought to behave myself. And if I don't, I'm going to have to give an account for it. That's where society says we're not going to have to. That's where God says you're wrong. You will give an account. John 5, verse 28 and 29 says, Marvel not at this. Jesus is talking to his detractors. And he said, The hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice. Everyone that died and got away with it didn't get away with it. Okay? Why? Because there are consequences for our actions, for our decisions. For what we do, good or evil, there are consequences. And we will have to give an account. And this text says, all that are in the graves will hear his voice. You can't get away. You can't duck in the grave. You say, oh, I'm, I'm hurting so bad and I, I don't like it here so much I'm just going to die and I'll, I'll be okay. Wait a minute. Have you got your debt settled? Have you taken care of all the injustices that you've done? Do you have a clean sheet? Are you, are you through now? Can you just go on and happily ignore everything that you've done in your life that's bad? Is that where you are? Well, that's a rosy picture, isn't it? But Jesus says it's not going to happen. I'm going to call you back, and I'll call you back for an accounting. They shall come forth, they that have done good under the resurrection of life, they that have done evil under the resurrection of damnation. For reasonable people, reasonable people that think beyond their nose, reasonable people, Know that this life is not a mindless stroll through the park. There, it is a journey and it has a goal. It has an end. And while we're here, we have responsibility to one another and to our God in heaven. Okay. It's fraught with decisions, this life is. And it, it, uh, it leaves us with choices that give us direction in our destiny. 
We cannot just be blasé about life and say we're just going to live it and I'm not going to worry about what's happening later until the day that I get sick and die and I want somebody to come and tell me I'm going to go to heaven. That's the first time I want to hear about heaven, that I'm going there, that I'm okay. Jesus told the woman at the well that she would have been the beneficiary of living water if she had known who she's speaking to. That tells me that we need to find him who can give us the things that we need in this life and prepare us for the life that is to come after a while. Well, that kind of takes us to this. If I'd only known the Lord, if I'd only known Him, Jesus came to give mankind the greatest gift of life, the greatest gift of the world, greatest gift of eternity. That's eternal life. That's what He came for. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. He came with a gift to give us. In John chapter 11, verse 25, He told Martha when she had met him on the road, he was coming to her house because her brother had died. And he said, uh, he said, I'm the resurrection and the life because Martha said, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. He, he said, he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Okay. If we know the Lord, we can live. So when I stand before the judgment throne of God and I look back and say, if I had only known the Lord, I wish I'd known Him. Boy, isn't that, isn't that a regret? If I had just known the Lord. Men have been seeking the fountain of youth for centuries. Ponce de Leon came to this country, hit the shores of Florida, came wading ashore looking for the fountain of life. And yet Jesus had it centuries before. He said, ask me and I'll give you the living waters. Maybe we want them now and not later, whatever that may be. But Jesus said in John, in, Luke, in John chapter 10, verse 10, he said, I'm come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. That's why he was here. He promised them, and this is the point I want to make. And here it is. People are traveling through this world everywhere, all over this big globe traveling through this world, some nonchalantly just going about their life, not giving a second thought to where they're heading. Just living. I'm just living. Never think of dying until you start to die. That's irresponsible. Irresponsible. As a, as a grown adult, we have a responsibility to figure out where we are and where we're going. That's our responsibility. And the Lord said, I will help you if you'll look for me, find me, I'll let you find me. And I'll help you. Now that's to everybody. You, you wonder, well, what about those people down in these third world countries? What about them? If they want the Lord, the Lord said, He would help them find Him. But you've got to look for Him. You can't just say, well, let Him come and find me. We'll play hide and seek. See if He can find me where I hide. Well, that's not the way it works. Listen to these texts in the Old Testament, the Scriptures. Psalm 10, verse 4 says, The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. 
won't even look. The wicked's not going to look. You say, well, why can't they find Jesus? Because they're not looking. Not looking. Psalm 34.10 says, The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. You seek the Lord, you can find Him. may be tough. may be tougher for some than it is for others, but it can be done. And that's what the Bible promises. Matthew 7.7 7 says, Ask and it will be given unto you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Jeremiah 29.13, I mean. You shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all of your heart. You can find me. Seek me, you'll find me. Isaiah 8 and verse 19 says, Shall not a people seek unto their God? We're His creation. He said, Why aren't you looking for me? Look for me and you can find me. Isaiah 65, 1 says, I am sought of them that ask not for me. I have found of them that sought me not. That's what Jesus came, and he came to the Gentiles as well as to the Jews. Okay, you can find the Lord. You don't want to end up standing before judgment thinking, wow, I wish I'd known him. Wish I'd known him. He'd sure do me a lot of good at this point. And then there's a stranger. This is another different twist on this. Let's look at it a little different way. If I had only known. There's a syndrome that, syndrome that we get into sometimes of thinking too much of our own importance. Who I am. Thinking of yourself. <clears throat> Police officer stops you while you're uh, drunk driving. Uh, that's just a... It, that's an extension. That's That's going beyond, but he stops you on the road and he, he thinks you're driving drunk and uh, he stops you and you roll down the window and you say, do you know who I am? He said, I don't care who you are. Get you out of the car and make you go through the test. Do you know who I am? Thinking a lot of yourself. Thinking maybe this guy will know me more than I should know him. When we go to a restaurant and we want a table, and we don't have a reservation. Ma'am, do you know who you're talking to? Better get me a table. You know who I am? We think a lot of ourselves, don't we? Or the attendant, we're standing in a long queue, a long line, wanting to go to a popular show, or a, or a uh, Song fest, whatever it may be, we're in a long line. Maybe just a, maybe just a stand in line to get something deep. But we're way back in the line, and we we say, attendant, the guy that's monitoring the line, come over here. Do you know who I am? <laughs> well, that's the way our professional football players and basketball players do, isn't it? That's the way our politicians do, isn't it? It, if you knew who I was, you'd treat me differently. you know who I am? Okay. To the person on the telephone when they're complaining to someone. Maybe to the bank. Maybe to the, to the store where we bought something. Do you know who you're talking to? you know how much money I've got in your bank? You better take care of me. Okay. It's easy for us to overlook the ordinary life. 
Do you know that? May not make any difference who you are. Matter of fact, it doesn't make any difference to God who you are. It shouldn't make any difference to you who everybody else is. It should not make any difference to you. It's easy to overlook the ordinary life, the common and the everyday individual that we take for granted. We just see them. They're almost invisible to us. We just don't think that much. I don't care who you are. I'm just not going to be concerned. Which means that there's a danger that we may overlook an individual that we shouldn't be overlooking. Especially when we have preconceived images of whom we should relate to. Okay? The point is, we may be overlooking someone that God doesn't want us to overlook. We maybe should be saying, I know who that is, but even if I don't, I'm going to get acquainted because I think I need to know them and they need to know me. Here's a, here's a text. In James chapter 2, at verse 1, it says, My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. For if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel, and there come in a, a poor man in vile raiment, and you have respect to him that wears the gay clothing, and say to him, Sit here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand there, or sit underneath my footstool. Are you not then parceling yourselves? You become judges with evil thoughts. Hearken, my beloved brethren, have not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom which he has promised to them that love him? Okay, we're overlooking the poor. God said the poor will inherit the earth. God said the humble are those that are in his heart. There's a warning in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Well, if I had just known who that was, I would have been more concerned with them. I'd, I'd made sure that they felt comfortable. There's a, there's a, uh, and that's, that's the point I'm trying to make here. Don't neglect the stranger. Don't say, oh, if I had just known they were, they were looking for someone, if I would just known that they were related to someone, if I would just known that they, they were weak and, and hungry and maybe, maybe they had a need that I could fulfill, if I would just known, don't let that happen. Don't let it happen. Matthew chapter 25, verse 35 through 40, Jesus had just set up the judgment scene. And he had put the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. And then he, then he said something to sheep. He said, I was hungry and you gave me meat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. Naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous say, Lord, when did we see you hungry? Or naked, fed the earth, thirsty, and gave you to drink. When did we see you as a stranger and took you in and clothed you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and came unto you? The king answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, Forasmuch as you've done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, you've done it unto me. What's well, just the common, ordinary individual that we sometimes can't see? The stranger. The person that we need to. I, you know, Will Rogers said something that, I, that has always stuck with me. Always stuck with me. He said, uh, you see that man? He said, I, I need to get 
better acquainted with him to know him because I don't like him yet. But I need to get better acquainted with him. A stranger. This epitomizes the injunction, love your neighbor as yourself. Get acquainted. Reach out. Extend yourself. And don't end up saying, well, I wish I'd known who that was. Wish I'd known who that was. Well, Ephesians 5 verse 14, I'll end this with this. Paul said, wake up. Wake up from the dead, he said. Wake up. Apply yourself. Arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. Wake up. Don't ever hit the point in your life where you say, I wish I had known. I wish I had known. Wake up, get acquainted, and know. Let's sing our song of invitation together as we stand.